Welcome to localjobnetwork.com radio. Your attention is directed to Minding Your P's and Q's, a show that studies the sensitive and sometimes treacherous subject of business etiquette. I'm your host, Tim Muma. Many successful meetings at business deals are conducted over lunch or dinner, so it is important to understand the art of the business meal because, yes, poor etiquette can cost you dearly. Joining me in studio today is Marjorie Sinclair, a tremendously experienced business etiquette professional who has taught classes on etiquette to all ages and works with colleges and corporations to help in all things etiquette. Marjorie, thank you very much for coming in today. Thank you for inviting me. I guess, first of all, if you could describe briefly your experience and sort of the things that you do currently do in terms of etiquette and business etiquette specifically. Mm -hmm. A lot of my experience has come from international travel. I lived in Tokyo for three years and Paris for three years and New York. And so I've always noticed what is correct in these various locations and what's what isn't and the reasons why. Mm -hmm. So what I do now is individual coaching and group seminars on the subject of business etiquette. And that's everything from dining to networking to what to wear when you don't know what other people are going to wear. (laughs) Sure. I think that's a big concern, actually, for people. Um, Obviously, we're going to focus a lot on the the dining aspect of it today. In your experience, how much value is placed on business lunches and meals, especially when you're talking about meetings and and transactions with a client or, or something to that effect? I think the important thing there is the likability factor, that clients like to do business with other people that they know and like. And if you're not taking them out to a meal, then you're having a meeting in your office. Well, mm-hmm. that's useful. But a, a meal in a restaurant is going to be a, a step above that. Right. Do you feel that in those situations, people are going to be maybe act a little more honestly and open and you get a better gauge than if someone's just sitting down at a desk or a meeting? More honest, open, uh, relaxed. It's more informal. There's more time. Time spent getting to know uh, the client and and the well both ways <laughs> the, yeah. the guest and the host and <laughs> right now are there and you have that aspect of it are there any other maybe intangibles or reasons that you would choose a meal I mean because it, in essence it can get messy so to speak because you have food you're you have all these manners is that a way to gauge anything else or is it more so just the relaxed nature of it it really is the relaxed nature of it and I'll tell you one thing I've noticed with Americans doing business abroad. Americans have this idea of business before pleasure. Hmm. So sometimes an an American host will say, okay, let's sit down to lunch here, but let's get the business out of the way first. So they talk about business right away. Sure. And the rest of the world does not agree with us on that. Really? The idea is that you, the reason you took someone out for a meal is to get to know them, what they like and don't like. And so you don't bring up the subject of business until after the main course. Okay. Now, the exception is, what if the client brings up the subject of business first? Oh, well, then you discuss business. <laughs> Always kind of lean towards what they want to do. That's there? right. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That's probably good advice in general. Mm-hmm. And you bring up that interesting point that it is going to vary if you're in other countries. And, you know, I mean, it could vary from region to region as well. But yes. how would doesn't matter exactly when you're talking about which fork you're using, how you use your napkin. I mean, just kind of those little things. Does that really matter in terms of sealing that deal, so to speak, or if you're out with a manager? I mean, sometimes it's hard for me to really think that it it matters what your skills are, what you're selling, just because you use the wrong fork. I mean, can you elaborate why that matters so much? Because dining etiquette is shorthand for all of the other things in etiquette. Etiquette is described as all of the rules governing behavior, Mm. as opposed to manners, which refers to your individual, your personal behavior. Okay. But all of the rules governing behavior, if someone knows the the general dining etiquette rules, probably they know most of the other things in getting along with people. Mm -hmm. And that's what's really more important. The fork by itself is not. It's (laughs) what to do with a napkin, uh, things like this. It's eye contact, how you treat the wait staff. That's an important clue from the host or the guest. Okay. Yeah, if the the person you're eating with is being rude to the waiter, 
you have just learned a lot about that person. Right, right. No, that's that's an excellent point there. I guess let's try to walk through a little bit of, you know, the steps, so to speak, from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Um, say you are going to meet a client at a restaurant. When you walk in, how does that all work in terms of seating? And if you are the first to arrive, I guess that arrival part, where do you start in terms of what's proper etiquette? If that's the first part, be on time. <laughs> and there's no way to be on time exactly to the minute except for to be early. Mm-hmm. The guest should be on time. The host should be early right. to avoid being greeted by his, his guests. Okay. In terms of when you, let's say the host is there and he's wait, do they wait at the table right away and then you meet there? Do you meet in front of the restaurant? How does that all play out? Probably. You, it depends on the restaurant. Sometimes there is a nice waiting area. Um, but otherwise, most likely, I would go to the table. Okay. And when you're at the table, you know, is it a thing where, and does it matter here gender-wise in terms of who greets each other, how they greet each other with a handshake? I mean, is there just a general rule regardless of gender or status, that sort of thing? There is no gender difference in etiquette. Okay. In business. Right. Status, uh, yes, there is still that. Okay. Um, but that has nothing to do with gender. So uh, who's going to extend his or her hand first to be for shaking? It is not all, just the woman's prerogative anymore. That those are old social rules. Okay. And men and equal women are equal in business. Do you feel that a lot of people still have those ideas, myths, and especially when it comes to the, the gender differences? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but you know, if you want a really good laugh, read an etiquette book from about fifty years ago. Oh, I can imagine. Because everything has changed a lot. <laughs> a lot most things have. Mm-hmm. For the better, they changed. Uh, for the better, okay. yes. Uh huh. That's always good to hear. Now let's get to the ordering part. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I think that's a big concern for a lot of people. Who orders first? What do you order? What are some of the guidelines when it comes to the idea of ordering? Two separate answers here, host and guest rules. Mm-hmm. So you may have heard that the host orders last. That's because if anyone, if, let's say one guest has ordered an appetizer and mm-hmm. no one else has. Okay. The host is aware of that and the host will also order an appetizer so that the guest is not eating alone. Okay. And now as to what to order, the guest um, should listen for some suggestions from the host. Mm-hmm. So that if you're the host, you're not going to go out to a restaurant you've never been to before. Right. You're, you're, you're familiar with it. So the host will make some suggestions. The host might say, this is a very special occasion. You order whatever you want, but I'm going to have the oysters Rockefeller and the filet mignon. Well, your eyes go over to the right-hand column of prices, right. and you can see that he's just ordered the most expensive items on the menu. So you're pretty good. Then, you can, that yes. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, if you don't get that kind of guidance, the guest can ask, what do you recommend? Okay. And if it's too large of a table that you can't really get to that either, then I would suggest that you order from the middle of the menu, which doesn't mean the center of mm. it. It means the middle price range. Right. So not the most expensive thing on the menu, because that could look like I don't have to pay for this. <laughs> right. Or if you order the cheapest thing on the menu, it looks like you think the guest can, uh, the host cannot really afford this restaurant. Okay. Well, no, and that makes perfect sense. And I think people do have a lot of questions when it comes to that stuff. Mm-hmm. So sort of playing it middle of the road, if you don't get those cues is, is the way yes, to go. Yes, that's right. Okay. How about in terms of what the actual food is? You know, some of my colleagues and I have talked and, you know, we've seen things like soup or, you know, maybe spaghetti, things with maybe that could be messier you should avoid. Do you adhere to that sort of suggestion? Yes. And really, there's no problem with soup except for French onion soup. You know, the stuff with all the really melted right, cheese right. on it. I only know one restaurant that serves a scissors along with that. Really? But but other than that, <laughs> I no, I would not order that because it's very messy to eat. I gave a list one time in a program I was doing about um, avoiding difficult-to-eat foods. Mm-hmm. And I gave an example. And one of the examples was escargot, the snails. Mm, yeah. And one of the participants said, I don't think that's difficult to eat. 
So and now I'm amending that. Say, don't order food <laughs> that is difficult for you to right, eat. Right, sure. But especially about spaghetti. No, I would not order that at a business meal. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to twirl it. Do not cut spaghetti. Hmm. If you do, it sort of gives the implication that um, your knowledge of, of um, Italian food begins and ends with Chef Boyardee in a can. <laughs> yeah, you don't want that. No, so don't cut it. But even if you're very good at twirling this, sometimes still you go, bup, 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 bup. little spots of tomato sauce uh, go onto the white tablecloth. Okay. So, I mean, is it more about, like in that case just specifically, is it because of the sauce? I mean, because, you know, like I have children and they'll kind of slurp the spaghetti and I don't know, in some cultures, maybe that's okay here. We kind of see it as rude. I mean, does that play a factor? For American business manners, do not slurp your food. Ever? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Does, mm-hmm. does that apply? I mean, is, is that okay in other countries since you've been around? The only case, and it's, it's, it's old-fashioned, it mm-hmm. used to be in Japan okay. to make slurping sounds to show appreciation to the cook mm-hmm. who was a room away. Okay. Okay. And the last time I was in Japan, which was about 10 years ago, no, no, no one longer. was doing this anymore. Okay. No. Well, good to know. So, mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of those myths out there that's still, that's that right. people just hang on to for one reason or another. Yes. And you kind of brought this aspect of it to uh, my attention as well, and we kind of had it on there. Um, especially if you're talking dinner, but it could happen at lunch too. But in terms of alcohol, and is it okay? You follow the uh, you know the lead maybe of the host. How does that aspect play into it in terms of drinking alcohol? Well, the host will probably ask, "Would you like wine with your meal? Would mm-hmm. you like a drink before lunch?" And the guest's answer should be no. Really? Mm-hmm. A lot of companies have a rule of one or none. Okay. And I think that's a good good one to follow. So lunch is usually not the problem. Right. Not drinking in the middle of the day is, mm-hmm. just doesn't go along with the rest <laughs> of the work day. But if it's a business dinner, sometimes this does happen. Okay. So the host might offer, and then the guest, it's a little bit awkward. You want to follow along and, and be correct here, but what if you, you know, there are lots of reasons not to drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. There could be health reasons, religious reasons, personal reasons. You don't like the taste of it, right. and you don't really want to get into why you don't like wine, and then you can back to the first time you had it or something. <laughs> so you just avoid it. You say, no, thank you. The host offers food and drink. Think of it as a connection with dessert. Mm-hmm. The host will all ask you, would you like dessert? And then the guest gets to say yes or no. Okay. So if the uh, question is, would you like a drink before dinner? And if the guest says, no, thank you, it is not a good host who pushes alcohol. Hmm. And also keep in mind that it'll keep your bar bill down. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> point. Uh, now, what if the host does already have a drink or kind mm-hmm. of said, you know, I'm going to order something? Uh, and maybe you're not opposed to drinking, but you just kind of felt, I'm going to play it safe. I'm not going to have anything. Do you, should you feel like you should drink something that's on equal level with them? Or how does that all work? Now you have to be true to yourself. Okay. So if the answer is, yes, how do you feel about having one drink? And going along uh, with us and fitting in. Mm-hmm. And if that's agreeable to you, then that's that's the end of the discussion. You will do it. Um, I would be very cautious about having a second dr- drink in a business setting. Right. Now, in terms of what type of alcohol, I mean, should it be stuck to just a wine, like a dinner type wine, or is it okay to veer somewhere else? It is okay to veer somewhere else. Okay. So it, you, uh, you know, it could be the gin and tonic. Uh, some people prefer beer wine. But of course, if you're drinking beer, definitely drink it out of a glass. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It looks a little better. Though. Yes. <laughs> you know, we get to the point of, and obviously a lot of the stuff may have been assumed in terms of who's paying and the host and all that sort of stuff. Is it wrong as the guest to offer some sort of, you know, monetary help in that regard? Yes, it is wrong. Okay. The person who did issued the invitation is the host and that person is going to pay. 
Now, th- th- I'm talking about business rules right. on this. Uh, friends socially m- many times divide. Sure. Because it's hard to keep track of, did you pay last time or did I? <laughs> mm-hmm. The host pays. And it would be seen as poor etiquette to even offer or suggest that. Oh, there's no there's no harm in offering, uh, but uh, don't insist. Okay, <laughs> gotcha. Now, what sort of behaviors, say you are, you know, um, a client and you're watching to see how this person acts, or maybe you're a, it's a team meeting like within an organization and the, uh, the manager is sort of watching how the team members interact and whatnot. What sort of behaviors are they looking for to maybe get cues off of and, and make some decisions about? They're looking at how comfortable you are with the conversation, the eye contact that you make with the other guests, if you really do look interested, mm-hmm. um, if you do not have your cell phone on the table, mm. because having the cell phone on the cable looks like th- there could be something more interesting to talk about right. you know, the person from the outside. You know, it's interesting you say that, not to interrupt, but uh, mm-hmm. we had a psychologist on talking about that whole kind of thing. And oh. she said, studies have even shown if you have a cell phone out there that people are just more antsy and anxious and yes. you distract from everything else that's going mm-hmm. on. Okay. And uh, from an etiquette point of view, it is not a compliment to the people you are with. Mm-hmm. Only exception I can think of that is that you have a business meeting at the luncheon and there is some information that you need for this for this client. You don't have it yet. You expect you're going to get it. You just have the phone on vibrate, mm-hmm. but you've explained the circumstances okay. to your guest and there's some reason why you have to have that phone available. So as long as everyone's aware uh, that yes. something like that is going on. Even so, I'd keep it on my lap. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, don't, I guess I never saw mm-hmm. the point of setting it up there. I mean, yeah, you have it in your right. pocket or whatever. Yes. Now, what on the flip side? I mean, do you really feel like people get bonus points, so to speak, if they nail that that business meal, uh, or is it more of a situation where you can hurt yourself, but you're not necessarily gonna get your get oh, yourself extra you, bonus? You can there. help yourself. Okay. There are bonus points for this too, because again, it's what I call the likability factor, mm-hmm. and that people like to do business with other people that they know and like. Okay. All right. And this is you get so much more of this at a meal than you do just in a, a meeting in an office. And that's really where the advantage is, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what aspects? Now, you already mentioned obviously that when it comes to business etiquette, especially now, there there's no difference with gender. It's we're all on evil. Right. We should all be on a, a level playing field, so to speak. I talked with some people who said their boss will do these little games, so to speak, like um, they'll take away the salt from a table before they get there. And if the person asks for salt without even trying the food, that tells them they have this one-track mind. They're not willing to try things. Does this happen? Do you recommend them doing this? Uh, what's kind of your thought on that? I don't recommend it. I think it's sneaky. Really? But it does happen. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this way, the version I heard about this salt story, that some a man was due for a promotion to mm-hmm. a senior vice presidency. Uh, they had this dinner organized to make the announcement. Chairman of the board was there. The meal was served. And the man reached for the salt shaker, put the salt on his steak, and then picked up his knife and fork. Mm. And the promotion did not go through. Okay. The chairman of the board's feeling was that he will make a decision before he gets all of the information. Oh. I think this is a very good story. I don't know if it's true or not, but I was <laughs> telling it at some other program, and somebody said, oh, yes, that happened at Texaco. Really? So I still can't really verify this. <laughs> yeah. But the moral of the story is good. Mm-hmm. Don't season your food until after you've tried it. Okay. Are there any other things you've heard in that regard? I mean, you suggest not, you know, really playing those games necessarily, no. but it does. It may tell you something about that person. Have you heard any other stories, or is that because that's the one I, similar to what I heard? Obviously, mm-hmm. no. I think the other, the only other thing you have to be especially were, um, aware of is if you're the host, then you look at the guest. If you're the guest, you look at the host. How do they treat the wait staff? Mm-hmm. Because that gives you an indication about how they will treat other people that they work with. And even if you're on a job interview for a second or a third uh, interview and you notice that the host is speaking rudely, uh, arrogantly to the waitstaff, is that a place you really want to work? 
mm-hmm. because that's how you're going to be treated. Right. No, that's, I mean, and that's the thing. We always look at it from a lot of times from one angle, but you mm-hmm. bring up that point too. Like, is this actually someone I'd want to <laughs> be around yes. or, or the company, like you said? Now, what about, you know, a lot of these things are, are somewhat major and it's things we see and, and whatnot. What are some of the maybe the little things that from the naked eye doesn't seem like it'd have a consequence or would be indicative of anything, but are there any other little behaviors or things that people would say or act that maybe trigger something or a signal of some sort? I mean, as simple as something with a napkin or a fork or or how you eat your food. I mean, you talked about cutting up your spaghetti versus twirling it if you were having spaghetti. Are there any little things like that that stick out? Well, there are a couple of those. You know how you cut up the food for your children? Mm -hmm. Okay. Grown-ups are not supposed to do that. (laughs) Cut up their steak all at once in all these little pieces. Uh, Don't do that for two two reasons. One is it cools off faster. Mm. Uh, When I do these programs at the Milwaukee School of Engineering, I learned from them that heat loss is proportional to area exposed. Doesn't that sound like an engineer? I like it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the second reason is it makes you look like a little kid. Oh, okay. So that's one thing not to do. You uh, break off one bite-sized piece of bread at a time and butter one bite at a time. Do you ever use one of those butter spreaders and try to cut a roll? It doesn't work. It gets all doughy on the inside. Mm -hmm. So we break bread at the table. That's also a religious ex- uh, expression, right. sort of, but, but you could use it um, literally in the sense of building community, networking, sharing. We break bread. So break off one bite-sized piece and butter one bite at a time. Okay. I think, I think a lot of people don't really do that, mm-hmm. to be honest. It seems like they, they just go for the whole thing right away. And, yes. Okay. And I've got one more sure. about the napkin. Yes. The napkin stays on your lap, the diner's lap, until everyone is leaving the table. Because, you know, as soon as you touch it, in restaurant language, it is now considered dirty linen. Mm -hmm. So you look at the end of the meal. It's not particularly dirty, not even too wrinkled. But you don't want them to think, not anyone to think that the staff will come by and fold it up and put it on another table later. Sure. So it stays on your lap until everyone is leaving the table because it's dirty linen. Mm -hmm. So... But you will see sometimes that uh, maybe the plates are cleared, they push the, sort of the chairs back from the table, listen to the after-dinner speaker, and all of these used napkins now get thrown onto the dinner table and sort of half-crumpled up, right. and it really does look messy. Yeah. <laughs> now, let's briefly touch on um, the idea of, of utensils, mm-hmm. forks, or even where your glass sits, that sort of thing. I think a lot of people have looked into that more and maybe have an idea of it, but what is the actual etiquette and what you use and when you use it? A couple of the things to written just to memorize here: liquids on the right, okay, solid food on the left. One of I get I'll tell you I get a lot of jobs based on this because the company the uh, president of the company has been at a dinner somewhere and somebody drank his water and <laughs> ate his roll. <laughs> Whoops! So when you know that liquids are on the right, the glass, the beverage is up there by the by the knife. Okay. So you know that's yours, and not for the person on your on your right. Mm-hmm. And then when you're talking to the person on your left. You see another glass there, but you don't drink that. And you're going to hope that when they're talking to you, they don't lean over and take your role. (laughs) But the whole point of learning this is to avoid embarrassment. Mm -hmm. Now, with that sort of thing, we have these little things. Maybe it it tells you something about someone. uh, They don't seem relaxed. They don't seem to have that that etiquette or whatever. But is there one or two things that would really just kill the deal automatically? I mean, maybe we're talking about something a little more egregious as opposed to um, you know, something minor. Is there anything that really kills a deal or a relationship? Notice the difference between the words eating and dining. Hmm. Eating is just putting food in your mouth. <laughs> and dining is includes conversation. Hmm. In order to have a conversation, you do not have food in your mouth because the mouth has two functions, eating and talking. Right. Alternate them. <laughs> so if someone is, is at a, a business meal and just is mainly looking at his or her plate, 
and concentrating on the food and just shoveling the food in, yeah, I think that would just about kill a deal. Sure. So the eye contact and the conversation is more important than the nutrition. Okay. Uh, you know, you touched on this a little bit in terms of um, like a guideline for alcohol, you know, a zero or one sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Are there other guidelines that maybe you suggest or you've come across that companies will give? Um, and maybe it is just the simple proper manners and etiquette sort of thing, but um, any specific things like you talked about with the alcohol? I think of this. I close some of my programs with the, the, the question, does a socially graceful person have both company and everyday manners? Mm. And it sounds like, yeah, that's a good idea. You really should know both. And it's a trick question. <laughs> and when I was in school, I always hated trick questions, but teachers love them because it gets you to think in a different category. Right. So should you have both company and everyday manners? And the answer is no. You should only have company manners. Those are the ones you use every day, even with the family, like mm-hmm. even them. Sure. Uh, but who deserves your best manners? It's the people you live with. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, a little bit with this, and it's a little off course, but I know you touched on this being a, a popular subject for you. When you talk about holiday parties, you know, that, that may be at the office, but obviously there's food, there, there may be alcohol. What sort of general guidelines do you have for people when throwing the party and when interacting with people? Obviously, you're probably going to have family and stuff there. What sort of the general ideas and guidelines you have for a holiday party? Remember that Monday morning is coming. Mm. This is the social side of business, but you don't just emphasize social. Um, women avoid dressing in necklines that are too low, too sheer, um, too short, too tight, things <laughs> like that. And if there's music, be really careful about your dancing. <laughs> Do you remember that Seinfeld episode oh, years yes. ago? That is a mm-hmm. favorite, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I laugh just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, why would you say, I mean, is it more just that's a joking thing or would people really get bothered by something like that like, this far as the dance goes or, or turn somebody off? What you're trying to do is to avoid embarrassment for yourself. Right. So you, it just applies to oneself. <laughs> but yes, when you see other people, I said, I said to you that you ordinarily like and respect and now they're making fools of themselves. Okay. This does not help your career. Mm-hmm. And in terms of alcohol, obviously, it's another yes. uh, just... One drink maybe and and move on sort of thing? Yes, uh, cut your alcohol intake in half Mm -hmm. for holiday parties this year. Try try that. And it is interesting Mm because I've seen uh, reports from, you know, police officers saying if if there was no alcohol, behavior would be, you know, 90% 90 improved. So I think that's a a good rule to follow. Mm -hmm. I want to touch on this one particular thing, and I... I had heard it in one of your other interviews. You talked about the uh, the platinum rule. People know, you know, the golden rule type thing. Could you explain maybe the what your take is on the platinum rule? Because I think it definitely applies in these areas. Yes. The platinum rule is to treat other people the way they want to be treated. Now, that's much more difficult than the golden rule about treating people the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. For the platinum rule, not everyone wants to be treated the same way. And how do you know? Well, you have to pay attention. I'll tell you something that happened to me a few weeks ago in a restaurant. The waitress was about late teenagers, so maybe early college or something, mm-hmm. and she called me sweetie. Really? Miss Sinclair was not, a, <laughs> not amused <laughs> by that. And I'm thinking, whatever happened to ma'am? Right. These uh, two casual uh, uh, greetings, comments uh, like that. No, it's, it's better to be a little bit more formal with people that you do not know. Mm-hmm. And. With comparing, you know, you say the golden rule obviously is the idea that you treat others how they would treat you. Um, do you use that as a gauge, but then try to, f- I mean, you might not know, like you said, you might not know them at all. So how, is there a certain way you can go about trying to learn them? Then treating other people the way you want to be treated is a minimum standard okay. because you know how you want to be treated. Right. It won't always work, but at least you can do that much. Mm-hmm. 
So in terms of it, you know, relating it all back to the business meal type thing, mm-hmm. I mean, is that where the idea is you're you're somewhat following the lead of the host and you're kind of basing things off of that? I mean, you have these guidelines, obviously, but if you're stuck or you're not really sure, would that be your advice to, to follow the lead, so to speak? Yes. You have a very good example in, in front of you, and that is the host. Mm-hmm. Because it's not the rules that are difficult. It's the exceptions to the rules. Okay. So if he or she is ordering wine for the whole table and they go around pouring it and you don't really like to drink wine at all, you don't, you don't turn your glass upside down. You don't refuse the wine. You just don't drink very much of it. Maybe you don't eat it at all. But if they're having a toast, you raise your glass in participating in the spirit of the toast. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't even do that, it looks like you disapprove or disagree. Oh, okay. So have your glass of wine there. You may not drink it, but you're not criticizing either. So as long as you're participating in... The spirit. Right, exactly. But you don't necessarily, like I said, if you don't want to drink it for whatever reason, that's okay. But try to at least participate as much Mm -hmm. as you can. Look like you fit in and you belong. Great. Well, I I really love the idea of the platinum rule. I mean, obviously, everyone should pretty much know what the golden rule is. But I love that idea of the platinum rule. I think it definitely applies in these areas. I want to just add that when I was teaching these programs in China, I learned that the Chinese version of the golden rule is a double negative. They say, don't treat other people the way you don't want them oh, to treat okay. you, which right. amounts to the same thing. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Whatever way works, as That's long, right. as, you, as, yes, long uh-huh. as you're doing something like that, it's yes. good. And with that, we are going to bring uh, our show today, Mining Your Peace and Cues, to its conclusion. Uh, hopefully, we should all be well prepared the next time we head to a restaurant to eat, whether it's business related or, or not. As you say, we should treat the people that we live with and around us uh, extremely well also. Uh, we have been speaking with business etiquette consultant Marjorie Sinclair. Marjorie, where can people find out more about you? At my website, MarjorieSinclair.com, and I better spell my first name for you, M-A-R-G-E-R-Y, Sinclair. All right, great. Thank you very much for coming on today. You're welcome. Good manners are good business. <laughs> and thank you to all of you listening as well. Please keep coming back to continue the learning process on Minding Your P's and Q's, part of localjobnetwork.com radio. If you have any comments or suggestions for the show, email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Until we speak again, I'm Tim Muma. <laughs>